joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics and the latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. Hey, Samir. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good. Summer's starting. It's a yeah. crazy, crazy Kids family trip time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like the choice of do we do SeaWorld, Legoland, Disneyland, Disney World, or any other magical place that the kids want to do, right? <laughs> That's what it is. That's what summer is all about. Yeah, it's the name of the game. But, you know, I think what's important is, is you know, is you have that quality time. You kind of get time to, to recharge over the summer because, I mean, as you know, the spring was pretty crazy. There's a lot of really cool events. Um, one specific that, that I wanted to talk about and, and one that we want to highlight in today's podcast is the uh, recent MarTech conference in San Francisco. Um, I had the amazing opportunity to go to the MarTech conference and present there and uh, got to hang out with uh, our buddy Scott Brinker. And um, it was just an, an amazing event. You know, I know you're a big fan of Scott Brinker and a lot of the work he does. Yeah, no, he's a great guy, definitely. Yeah, and, and so one of the things I wanted to quickly highlight before we get into our topic is the 2017 landscape. I mean, this thing, it's it's a beast. I don't know how thing to say it. I mean, what's the stat? In 2011, there's only 150 MarTech companies out there. And today, here's some official stats, and I'll read these off. Official staff for the year, there are now 5,381 solutions on the SuperGraphic. That means 39% more than last year. There are now 4,891 unique companies on there, up 40% up 40 from last year. And, you know, only 4.7 of the solutions from 2016 were removed and another 3.5 changed in some way, like name, focus, or ownership. So there's not a lot of churn, and the growth just keeps seems like it's just exponential. Yeah, that's like 350% growth since 2011. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, you know, there. Uh, I just don't know what else to say. It's just shocking to think, you know, you, you never want to hear somebody in the marketing or even data industry say, yeah, there's not a tool out there for this. <laughs> there's yeah, and I feel like I think it's at, at this point, it, I feel the growth in the marketing technology landscape being so massive. Um, the, it, you know, with growth, there come challenges. It's a great thing that people are finally acknowledging marketing is not just about traditional uh, events or trade shows. It is all about digitization. It, just, it is all about technology. It is all about sophistication. Uh, so with that, you know, the the new thing that also comes up is how do we make sure that these thousands of technologies are working with each other? Yes. Uh, so I really like the topic today, which we're going to essentially talk about is uh, how are these uh, marketing technologies reshaping it? Is that what it is? Yes. It, it, how there's, It's really this article that Scott did. It's through the, um, the MarTech uh, or chiefmartech.com. It's called Five Disruptions shaping marketing as we know it it's a fantastic article um, we'll be able to reference that um, after this but you know some of the things that we want to talk about and some of the things we want to have in a, in a follow-up podcast are really this idea of talking about you know really what is a modern day marketing stack when i say modern day as we all know marketing is quickly changing and 
old school used to be 2015, 2016. Modern day is actually maybe this quarter of 2017, which sounds hilarious, but it is, right? So how have marketing stacks changed? Really, how should you be building your stack out now with all these new types of things coming in like artificial intelligence, you know, and, and some of these bigger topics, like why are companies struggling to integrate their data? You know, why are they really yeah. struggling? I mean, it's, it's a big deal. And then what, what is the, the output of those struggles? It's data silos, data fragmentation, and just really poor customer experience. No, those are great topic, and I think that's what uh, the big struggle is. And you know, companies like uh, you guys are in Axiom, they solve some of those problems. Yes. Uh, so I think uh, the next wave of marketing technology should be focused on solving the data integration problems, not so much of coming up with a new source of data. Yes. And what we will do, um, Samir and I will do, is kind of talk through our best practices. There's no perfect way to do it but what we'll be able to do is kind of review some of our best practices of saying here's some good ways to do it and here's some bad ways to do it and here's what you should be looking for because there's nothing there's nothing out there that says you should build your marketing stack and let it sit there for a few years and you should never change it, it that's that's how you just go down in flames you know yeah it's it's evolving, <laughs> it's evolving. Right? it always changes and i think uh, the key part about that is the people needs to evolve with the technology yes uh, and that's where you know that's where you really shine as a marketer is the moment you get hung up on a technology uh, or your old legacy way of doing things uh-huh. it is going to be challenged from time and time with the modern way of doing things and you'll be outpaced uh, your you know old traditional way of looking at data old traditional way of uh, attributing sources, it's all going to be outpaced by modern way of doing things. Uh, yeah. So it so it's better for marketers to evolve with the technology itself, and let's not get hung up on the uh, traditional technologies and ways of doing things. Because there's always going to be. I'm not telling people that go and always go find something shiny new object mm-hmm. uh, and try to work on it. What I'm saying is, you need to have consideration for new things that has come to the picture, so you can try to figure out what is the best way to structure your marketing technology landscape. You know what, Samir? I think you've just you just created another topic for us. <laughs> Come on, Samir. You're just doing this. It's always good. Always good, yeah. So I, I think that would be a fantastic, fantastic topic to talk about the the uh, you know, the needed evolution or, or something we can come up with a cool name, but some kind of you know evolution of today's marketer, like how you need to change. I mean technologies have changed but a lot of times marketers have stayed the same. So let's see how they can change themselves too to be better marketers. So that's perfect. Great. Awesome. Okay. So let's get into it. So we will have a link for you guys. If you do open up the PDF while you're listening to this, it's called Five Disruptions Reshaping Marketing as We Know It. And it's a MarTech conference ebook, which is pretty cool. So it's based on a webinar and an article series by our good friend Scott Brinker. So in this, you know, it's it's pretty pretty informative about, you know, some of the big disruptions and there are five key disruptions and I think they're really specific to 2017 and really what we can look to see in the future. Um so let, let's just quickly get into it. so number 1, right? The first disruption, you know, Scott talks about this idea of digital transformation. And it's and it's funny to think, okay, really digital transformation as a disruption. I thought that was it's been around for a while. 
But, you know, it, it, digital transformation in, in short, they say digital is no longer – it's no longer a marketing wrapper, right? It's infused in the core of any and all of your businesses. And I think that's where the terminology of IoT came around, you know? So Yeah. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on, on just digital transformation? I mean, how have you seen that just really being infused in, in today's lives? And how is that really disrupting the way marketers do business? Yeah, and I think it's a it's a very powerful term, digital transformation, uh, and and it's like you said, it doesn't fit only just one particular area, which is marketing. It applies to your entire business. I think it's a business new way of, basically, it's a business strategy. Right, uh-huh. the digital transformation is how new companies will strategize their business to become um, a successful business for the next decades or you know hundreds of years to come, uh, because once the business becomes digitized. Uh, it just doesn't make sense for them to go back. So I think digital transformation uh, plays a bigger role in different parts of business. You talk about sales, you talk about service, you talk about operations, mm-hmm. talk about marketing. Everything needs to be digitized. Everything needs to be uh, controlled by digital mechanism, technology, and po- people who are advanced in a digital understanding of the business. So uh, I think it's a strategy in itself, and it's definitely disrupting not just marketing, but across the board, all the different departments and companies, and more and more people starting to work with the digital data and digital technologies. It just will change and transform uh, more things in, in near future. So I, let me add an element into each of these uh, five disruptions. So for somebody listening and, and they hear, you know, Jeremy and Samir talking about, okay, digital disruption, uh, you know, that's digital transformation is a big disruption. And they're, they're sitting there telling themselves, okay, I, I feel comfortable in kind of my view of, of digital transformation, but what can I do as a marketer? What, what, what resources do I have? Where can I go learn more, you know, just about digital transformation? Are there places to go read stuff or? Do I need to go back to school or how does this work? Uh, there's definitely a learning curve for people who are not completely uh, sold on the idea of digital transformation, especially for marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think great place to go check out is Chief Martech blog. is one of the good resources. Absolutely. And there are tons of them. Uh, you know, Go check marketing out land. Some of the work that yeah. Marketing Land, Salesforce is doing in their blogs, yeah. Marketo is doing. Yeah. Uh, how Adobe is doing. So I think there are lots of these big uh, vendors that are doing some really great work in terms of producing content, producing webinars and sources, uh, including our blog, mm-hmm. uh, datacrackle.com. Uh, you can also go check that out. You'll find a lot of good resources to read and work and understand on what exactly uh, digital transformation is and what is your role as a marketer. doesn't matter what marketing you do. You will be touched by digital transformation. You will be... Uh, the one that will be taking and running the torch for your department or for a specific segment within your department. Uh, so, yes, there is lots of to, uh, work to be done for those who are new. For those who are already there, who already understand it, for them it's to uh, get gradually improve their knowledge and focus on is if the digital disruption is actually disrupting what you're doing uh-huh. in a way that is negative – uh, that you know it's creating more challenges for you like now you have multiple sources of data that you have to deal with versus is the disruption positive in a way that the things that you are spending hours and hours taking and figuring it out now you can do it very very quickly in, maybe in a couple hours because you have uh, a digital technology or digital process that's set up to take care of it fantastic great answer 
Cool. So let, let's jump into number two. Um, so the number two disruption that that's listed in in this um, article is open source and APIs, right? So we all know that there are with the growth in the Martech stack, you know, I'm sorry, the the super graphic with you know 5,391 companies, there has to be a way to be able to connect these, and this is a bigger topic that we can go into another podcast. But really, you know, marketers have created these very powerful marketing stacks, you know, and with a combination of all these best platforms, they have not had their needs best served by not having the tools they need to connect those. And so another statistic um, that's listed in there about from programmable web talked about the, the number of APIs available has exploded over the last decade, right? So uh, in 2005, they were saying there's only 186 and now in 2016, last year, there was 16,000, almost 16,000 APIs available. Wow. So it's like, you got to be kidding me. So what is the role of APIs and open sources, even cloud or even just omni-channel integrators in, in this whole disruption? I mean, w- without them, it seems like all you're doing is just building out a bunch of silos. If you what, you have 30 different tools in your stack, are they all individually you know, just working on their own specific data and there's nothing's talking to each other. Yeah, I, I think that is part of the bigger challenge, right? Because with 350% growth in the technology over the last five or six years, um, with all these new APIs coming in, I think the vendor are sort of doing a, a half-baked job in terms of saying like, hey, my tool seamlessly integrates with your with the I love technology. that. I love it when they say uh, seamlessly yeah. integrate. Yeah. I feel like I want to do air quotes <laughs> every time somebody says that. Word, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the way they're doing it, either they are going to use some pretty common open source uh, infrastructure and they're going to build their technology upon it saying like, hey, this is open source, go build mm-hmm. on it. Or they're going to provide APIs uh, for connectivity. That is not enough. Uh, I think that's good that at least they're taking those initiatives and they're providing ways for their technology to be integrated to other technologies. I think they should be doing more. They should be providing services and they should be providing uh, uh, more more catalytic services. Like, you know, I remember in, in, in days of IBM, we had like Universal Behavioral Exchange, yep. BX. Uh, so something similar to that, which allows the data to be connected from one source to the other very, very quickly, or maybe some type of universal open standards for building any new marketing technology. I remember we did this uh, kind of similar few years ago for digital analytics where we have open source tag Mm -hmm. systems so that anyone who's building tags, they can latch on to these open source standards for creating web tags and digital tags so then any new vendor builds on it, it will be easier for them to integrate or replace it with the other vendor. I think it's time has come for marketing technology landscape and marketing technology builders and producers to come up with an open source standards for building marketing technology. So with those standards, it becomes relatively easier for marketers to understand the standards and apply them to make it make the integration very easy. Because what you see is every technology that's coming out is built on different standards. Yes. It's using different type of programming language, different type of infrastructure. Yeah, they have an API, but everything is uh, it's working in silos. Because there is not like a universal way to do things, um, it's it, we're kind of missing the boat there. Yeah, we have 5,300 technologies 
that helps marketers become better. But most of the marketers are not using more than, you know, 10 to 20 technologies. No, I, I agree. And, and there started, you could see some rumblings, you know, with, you know, different DSPs out there um, and even some of the SSPs. I mean, there's some talks right now. I, I know that LiveRamp, um, the, the division of Axiom, has actually got involved in in building out a universal cookie that's that's you know common across all the different DSPs, and so with that they they've come together and say you know we're able to you know put our put our competitive hats to the side and say let's come together and let's offer a higher match rate by building out a universal cookie that we can all use across because we have to assume that customers can use more than one of us at the same time or so on. So, you know, th- these things yeah, are happening. And that's that's a piece of the puzzle. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. You know, I think the progress is there. It's just not as fast enough as the technology creation is. So I think everyone is focused on let's create a new technology, forget about everything else. And then uh, and then we have this big problem where we have super graphics uh, with, uh, you know, 5,000 technologies uh, where marketers are it's good for marketers that they have a lot of options, but at the end, they are still struggling because these technologies are not talking together. So yes, we want to have a universal user profile by having that cookie, uh, but then you know, what about reporting? What about uh, the infrastructure? What about the data and technology? What about the UI? Mm-hmm. Uh, every technology has their own type of reporting and UI. You know, maybe there should be like a common. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, I'm thinking like maybe Tableau should take a step ahead and uh, in or or Power BI, yeah. where they can provide a very easy mechanism to connect these different types of technologies, uh, so you can visualize the data from one central location, and maybe they should have a custom templates that are ready out of the box. That as soon as you plug these technologies, you already have visualizations there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Cool. So let's uh, let's jump over to number three. So number three is, is a little bit different uh, from the first two, but it really talks about this idea of vertical competition. So uh, uh, let me read a specific expert, uh, excerpt from the from the document where it talks about you know when we think about competition, we usually think about horizontal competition between providers of similar situations like Adobe versus Oracle or Google versus Facebook. But however. The power struggle between these horizontal companies is actually less disruptive than the power struggle between players such as like Adobe and Facebook, which, you know, and the question there is which will have the most value to marketers over the way they engage with their audience. So really, it's this whole new idea that there's vertical competition is really the, you know, it's really what's plaguing marketers right now. There's so much competition out there in that you know, marketers are really struggling to, to really figure out how to connect all their systems together. And, and it's... No, I like that idea. I definitely feel that uh, uh, we should pay attention not only to the horizontal competition, but also to the vertical because there's lots going on. I think uh, the vertical competition, it's where it's truly, I agree, like disruptions are happening because there are new ways of tracking visitors. There are yep. new ways of understanding the needs of the visitors where they're actually capturing the you know the user data uh, or you, the user generated data I should say where users are talking about their needs they're talking about their behavior they're talking about their feelings on platforms like Facebook 
And that data becomes extremely valuable because you're not just worrying about uh, a, a data point that has a specific behavioral or demographic identifier. You're talking about emotions. You're talking about people's language yeah. patterns. So there's a lot that goes with it. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's very well thought out that the vertical competition is where the disruption is going to come. Uh, and I think uh, the traditional digital marketing vendors such as Adobe's and Google of the world should pay attention to that. No, I completely agree. Fantastic. So cool. Let, let's jump over to number four. So disruption number four is this idea of digital, digital everything. And so what do we mean by digital everything? Are, are, are we just trying to say here that literally there's, it, it's, it comes into this idea of digital transformation. So the f- disruption number one talks about how really digital has come in and just transformed the way that we do business as marketers, as salespeople, as services and products and operations and so on. But this disruption number four is a little bit different. He really talks about the idea that everything is now digital. I mean, you look at the latest uh, keynote from Apple and, and they're getting the game to, you know, to fight against Amazon Alexa and Google's home. You know, they have their own, um, their own home feature now. So it's everything has become digital. Yeah, this is interesting, and this kind of ties uh, very similar to the first one we mentioned, right, uh, when we're talking about digital transformation. Uh, and then uh, essentially, specifically, we're talking about how everything is becoming digital, or at, at least uh, some big-name brands are digitizing everything that they do, and they're competing among each other, which I think is beneficial to the consumers uh, because we as consumers, we now have options, so you don't just have to rely on uh, Amazon's Alexa or Google's uh-huh. Home, there's going to be more similar technology coming in new feature that's going to be more cost effective uh, and more easier to operate. Uh, so I think it's the consumer is going to benefit a lot from this, uh, the digital end. And from a marketing standpoint, I think we're going to benefit as well because now we have multiple means of marketing. Uh, and I'm pretty sure at some point of time there will be Cases where, you know, the Alexas and Google Homes will have some type of advertisement pitching before they give an answer. <laughs> uh, that's where they're heading. So that could be a new. It's like, uh, Alexa, too. what is the weather today? This answer is brought to you by Patagonia. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then that could be a new avenue for marketing, yeah. especially B2C uh, and as well as B2B. Uh, so I think that could give marketers uh, new channels and new ways to uh, bring their technology or bring their products and solution in front of their consumers. So I think it's a win-win situation for everyone. Uh, it will be interesting like to see how the landscape transforms and how far we go in digitizing everything and what are the ramifications. Yeah, and I think there's the pros and the cons to it as you're saying the ramifications because I think the fact that the, you're digitizing everything, digitizing everything from you know your mobile and your web experience to your wearables – to everything in your home is basically digital. You know, what it does by digitizing every product, it creates a better opportunity for companies out there to really create a better relationship, a better customer service or interaction with their customers. But it also creates an opportunity for them to completely crash and burn. Because the last thing we want to do is open up the opportunity to be, you know, customized or personalized in our messaging through these new digital devices and just have something that's, generic you know saying something like you are a male you live in this zip code we will give you this message you know and it completely has nothing to do with what you're interested in you know? yeah. so yeah it, it's the pros and cons of it and i think 
um, we're going to see the, the stories, the success stories and the failure stories behind that pretty quickly. So the last one, this is one that I know you've had some interest in and I know your time at IBM, this was definitely a big interest to you is disruption number five is really around this idea of artificial intelligence, you know, AI. It's this major hot topic. You know, it's, it's, it's basically me walking around the MarTech conference, looking around and everybody had this kind of instance of saying artificial intelligence and, and everybody's either main message or their sub message, you know, at their booth was always talking about artificial intelligence. I mean, this is the latest thing. This is it. This is fresh off the press. Yeah, and I think it is the new buzzword. I think for a while, account-based has been a big word buzzword. You know, then for a while, uh, digitizing everything has been a big buzzword. So I think that nowadays, the big buzzword is artificial intelligence. You're going to see that in the uh, past and upcoming conference like Adobe Sensei and Salesforce's Einstein, IBM's Watson, like all of these uh, uh, intelligent technologies that can process data really, really fast, that can understand natural language uh, that can do a lot of cool stuff that we're not able to do. Uh, so I think that's where that's where the companies are heading. That's the next evolution uh, of transformation, uh, which is interesting. I think it benefits, again, the users of these technologies because now you can get answers relatively faster. And if you guys have not used uh, IBM Watson, you can definitely uh, go to Watson Analytics and test it for yourself. It's a pretty cool tool where you can not only visualize your data, but also ask regular language questions, and it will pop up the answers from the underlying data. So, uh, you know, that's just one example. So I think having something like an Einstein in Salesforce allows you to ask those hard questions, like how am I, how is my particular product doing this month in terms of average revenue compared to the last month's average revenue, and then you will get answers. So I think uh, the direction where these companies are heading, it's really solid uh, that's going to help the consumers and users of these technologies make some faster decisions and go to market uh, pretty quickly. Uh, I still think that we're in the infancy yeah, in agree. terms of what we're seeing and the use usage of these technologies. I think you know some of the early adopters are uh, like oh, you, Jeremy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably already starting to play with it. Uh, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to call myself an early majority. Uh, but not as quickly as uh, you know some of the folks that Jeremy <laughs> like to have new, new the latest stuff before it's but, even and, proven to actually work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I think it's good. I think it's good for people like us to test these technologies and provide input to the market, and also provide direction to the uh, the reshaping of these technologies by the vendors. So I think uh, I like the topic of artificial intelligence. I just want to keep a very close eye to see how far it goes and how much benefit we as consumers get from it rather than just it becoming a, a new shiny object. No, I completely agree. And I think one of the big, um, you know, one of the big flaws uh, of really just claiming that you have an artificial intelligence, and, and this is, you know, maybe for me, you know, seeing what, what Axiom does and, and what it means to be stuck in data silo land or data fragmentation. But I think one of the biggest issues that these companies may have is that, they're touting artificial intelligence, but it's based on a set of siloed data. So, you know, that's so true. artificial intelligence is basically an input output. You put in data and you output what is the best possible solution based on the data, the exact data that you put in. It, it doesn't bring in anything else into the equation. And so if you're only bringing in a single source of data 
through an omni-channel experience, how the hell can that AI help you make the right decision? Yeah, so it, it, it all goes back to integrating your data sources yes. and then trying to drive any futuristic technology on those data yeah. sources. I, I do like you know some of the changes that are happening in the industry, like uh, uh, one of the recent one I heard about was uh, Salesforce collaborating. With yes, that's Watson. a cool one. So kind of, yeah, that's a really good one. I, I, I'm really curious to see how that shapes out. So between Salesforce's Einstein and IBM's Watson, you know, you now have two different powerhouses with two different artificial intelligent technologies. Um, it will be very cool to see what that comes out. To yeah, be. I'm excited about that one. So this has been a absolutely fantastic topic, and I'm excited to really dig more into this because I think this is this is not going to go away. This is going to be around for a while. Yeah, it is, and that's where you know we're here. We're here to provide the, the listeners uh, valuable insights from what's going on in the industry across you know big data solutions, across marketing technology, across analytics. Um, so yeah, definitely if you are a listener and if you like what we're talking about, please leave us a feedback uh, on iTunes or SoundCloud. We really appreciate uh, all the uh, kudos and emails that we continue to receive and. We're pretty close uh, to getting to 10,000 plays, which is fantastic. We want to have some type of uh, giveaway when we reach our 10,000 mark. It's a new car. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll do something special for you guys. Uh, Definitely something, you know, personalized from Samir and I and maybe even have you, you know, um, maybe call in for an interview or something. That'd be pretty cool. So, uh, but yeah. We're excited. Keep it coming. Um, a lot of great topics here. And like I said, you know, you can always find us on www.datacrackle.com. And um, we look forward to uh, seeing you guys the next time. Looking forward. Yeah, thanks, Samir. Thank you. Thanks, bye.